Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders and help them build and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Leo Sabo, and I will be your host for today's conversation. On today's episode of Stewardship Leader, I am excited that I am going to be joined by Pastor David Thompson, a good friend, a co-worker for many years of mine, and he is now the executive pastor of Life Flow Ministries at Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas. David, welcome. So excited hey, you're here. Leo, thank you so much for having me on the program. Oh, I love Christian Stewardship Network. I love what you're doing with the Stewardship Leaders podcast, and I'm happy to be a part of this. Awesome. Well, listen, you and I have worked together. We know each other. We do some things on the side. So this is going to be a conversation between me and you. But yeah. my hope is that as our listeners are listening to this podcast, that they will glean from some of the things that you and I have gotten to do at Gateway, but also the things that you're doing right now at Gateway. Yeah, I know there's been some changes at Gateway. I know the ministry model has changed as the church has evolved and grown. Uh, it has evolved and grown. The ministry, the, the way it, it looks today is different. And I'm excited about the way it looks because for a while, I wasn't sure where it was going, to be right, honest, right. Um, because these changes are always difficult. But I would love for you to first just introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, and then from that point, start talking about the past of Gateway Ministry, yeah. Gateway Stewardship Ministry, and then how it's evolved and where it is today. Yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun, Leo, because it will, it just shows that there's no one-size-fits-all, that you don't put stewardship ministry in a little box and say, mm. okay, here it is, and if everybody runs this one thing, it's going to be perfect. That's so true. The What we get to see is 20 years. In this conversation, we're going to see 20 years of growth in the stewardship ministry at Gateway, mm -hmm. what it's looked like, uh, how it's shifted as a church has grown from right. uh, in somebody's living room to in its uh, to renting a facility to owning a building to owning a giant building that seats 4,000 people to having, you know, 10 campuses around the country. Yeah. And and then from there, it's continued to grow. So this is going to be a fun conversation because you can see the ebbs and flows across 20 years. And so no matter where you're at in your stewardship ministry journey, uh, leaders, as we're talking to you, just see things are going to begin to shift and yep. the Lord's going to promote and move things around. And that's okay. Every ministry is going to look a little bit different, but the heart of it is going to be the same and the serving people will always be the same. And so it's, it's going to be a fun conversation. So my name is David Thompson. Um, I have been at Gateway Church for a little over 10 years now. And when I first started coming to Gateway, uh, I, the first thing I did really, aside from going to the weekend service, was go to a stewardship ministry program. <laughs> yep. And I had just graduated from college. I had a what business year was degree. That? that was 2009. Okay. Yep. And so now it's 2019. So we're right nice. at that 10 years. And, uh, and so I took, a I took one of the stewardship courses and I had my business degree. I, I knew how to, to make money in the marketplace. I had a good job. Uh, things were going really well, but I didn't personally know how to manage. And so when I heard about the stewardship program at the church, it really caught my eye. I was like, I want to learn mm -hmm. about money, to, about money. <laughs> right. Like I've now got yeah. some, you know, yeah. before, before college, I didn't have much now I've got some, what do I do with this? Right. And so I, I came to the church, I got plugged into the program and it rocked my world. Hmm. Uh, personally, I had no idea how much the Bible said about money. Yeah. And I grew up in church. 
uh, I went to church, you know, multiple times a week. Right. And, and I, and I loved growing up in church, uh, but I had never heard the word stewardship. Now, now maybe I had, and it just never sunk in as a right. kid, right. but it never had been taught like this. And all of a sudden I was beginning to see, uh, the hundreds and 2000 plus verses in stewardship. And I began to see how practical it was. And when you apply this, it shifts your heart, not just the practical side, but it shifts your heart. And so mm. I, at the time was wrapped up in what I would call the spirit of mammon. And, and that is, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Yeah. And it's translated often riches. Well, I was searching for riches. I was searching for the spirit of mammon to provide for me. Right. I was looking for my provision in my business degree and in the new job I had. I was looking for my identity in in having a certain baseline of wealth. Right. Right. I my heart was wrapped in mammon. And when the church offered this ministry, it totally changed my life. Hmm. And it set me on fire to help other people with this area. And once that spirit was broken in my life, I've had the opportunity now to come back and serve. Yeah, I did serving under you, Leo, for about five years. And uh, I got to just be poured into year over year. Uh, Leo would give me a book and he'd say, hey, when you finish reading this, let me know and I'll give you another one. So he'd give me, you know, Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton. And then he'd give me Money Possessions and Eternity by Randy Alcorn. And then The Word on Finances by Larry Burkett that has every, you know, verse categorized into different stewardship topics. I mean, just incredible being poured into. And I got to do that for five years uh, under Leo and several other stewardship pastors at the church. And then after five years, a position opened up on staff full time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Essentially, I retired from, you know, five years of hard work in the (laughs) forensic engineering world as a marketing manager. And I got to come over and just serve the Lord full time and get paid for it at the church. Pretty cool. uh, And so it was a huge blessing. Um, From there, got to manage the department for a while and then have recently moved over to what we call our life flow team. And we manage, my team that I oversee now manages all the content for life flow, which is about 20 or 30 different ministries in the church. So stewardship ministry would be a focus, freedom, uh, prayer, benevolence, prophetic, uh, evangelism. There's a lot of pieces, but uh, what I get to do is help make sure that we have the culture resonating through our church Mm -hmm. in our discipleship classes, which we call equip in our small groups, in our care ministry, where we do Mm -hmm. one-on-one and through the weekend and the events that we do at the church. And so it's, it's just been an incredible blessing. And I still get to do a lot of stewardship ministry, still get called on for a lot of those pieces. And we get to work together a lot, you and I, Leo, uh, on some outside projects, which is fun. Yeah, so one of the things that I want to say about David is that when he stepped into this role of being a stewardship volunteer, he stepped into the role. I had some amazing volunteers, I got to say. God just blessed me with some tremendous talent and faithful people. So I was constantly pinching myself, like, what did I do to deserve these kind of quality of people? I certainly didn't do anything to bring these kind of people to the table. But what I loved about David was that whatever was available for him to jump into, he did. It's almost like he looked at everything that we offered, and he jumped in and took every course, every class, every training. And then beyond that, he said, if you guys ever go somewhere, meaning me and another pastor or two pastors that were in the department at the time, if you guys ever go anywhere and I can tag along, just assume that I want to. (laughs) And so we've done several trips where David just hung out with us and really just, you dove into the ministry because it truly did change your heart. Yeah, And I think that's an important thing for people to understand, because I think the people that are listening to the podcast right now have that heart beating inside of their chest. They love 
this area of stewardship because it has transformed their own lives. That's my story. That's your story, David. And I know it's the story of many of the people that I know through CSN. And that is really all that God really wants is a heart that's sold out. And then mm -hmm. beyond that, he's going to take you and he's going to equip you. But you did your part. And I just want to commend you for that because not many people will go to the length that you went. But again, it proved that you had a desire to not just dabble in this, but you wanted to commit your life to it. Mm. And you've certainly done that. So kudos to you, man. I mean, I think I think you are an example to what a stewardship pastor uh, looks like or should look like. And uh, just love your heart, love the way you're you're doing what you're doing today. So let's dive into some of that. Yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about where we were 10, 15 years ago with the ministry, what some of the transition seasons were, and really more specifically, what's the season look like right now? Yeah. Well, and Leo, fill in any gaps here, because you obviously have a lot of history in this as well, and I'm going to be talking about you. So if I say <laughs> something wrong, plug it in. Uh, so go back to the year 2000. Pastor Robert starts Gateway Church, mm -hmm. uh, and and before the launch, it started in his home as like kind of a small group meeting where you know 10, 20, 30 people would get together, right. and then did an official launch in the year two thousand, and from day one, stewardship has been a part of Pastor Robert's heart. In fact, one of the things that he would talk to the staff early on is to say, one day. I want to have a few different pastors that, that he'd never heard of being in a church. And one of those pastors was, I want to have a stewardship pastor, mm -hmm. somebody that helps people understand God's word in this area and helps them with their personal finances so they can be free to pursue everything God's put on their life, mm -hmm. to give generously, and to be good stewards. And so that was a major component. Now, you're looking at a very small church, you know, rented uh, a movie theater for a couple of weeks and that didn't work out great. Rented a daycare, rented a, a space from another church for a while. But as the church grew in the first couple of years and the church began to have consistency where it was at, not necessarily going to hire a pastor right away, but what you can do is equip some volunteers mm -hmm. to teach classes. And so as we began to have classroom space and small groups, Pastor Robert empowered some great high capacity volunteers to teach stewardship classes right. and to begin this process. So that happened for a couple of years until around 2005, when Pastor Robert was able to hire somebody full time to do stewardship ministry. And then just a few months after that, you were brought on full time, Leo. Yep. Uh, so this is so to so think about this, if you're if you're kind of getting the timeline five years into the church's history, it was the first time we were able to hire somebody full time. But prior to that, we did have volunteers and this was a major cultural piece of the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for you to hear is that one of the things that is extremely important over time is to shift the culture and make sure that management, biblical management, taking good care of what God has entrusted to the church should be a cultural component of any church. And so that was something we had from day one. And then the how was able to be walked out. We do it in different ways. How we do it looks different, but why we do it is always the same. This is in God's word. Mm. Uh, it's going to change people's lives. We're going to preach the whole word of, of the gospel. We're not just going to share one book of the Bible. We're going to share every book, every verse. And so as it grew, you go from 2005, Leo, you were brought on to do a one-on-one -on -one coaching ministry. Mm -hmm. And Leo trained uh, over 50 coaches, actually probably over 100 coaches in the first couple of years. But there was a team of 55 coaches that he had put more than 20 hours of volunteer training into to train them for one-on-one -on -one coaching. And in that season, uh, just poured into these volunteers. And that was 20 hours up front. There was more continuing ed for them. 
and we were running crown small groups at the time. Right. So I want to just get you to see this vision shift over time. We started with crown small groups. We were doing it in small groups while we had volunteers uh, that were leading the ministry. And as we had pastors over time, we began to shift this one-on-one coaching model. Uh, and with these 55 volunteers that were doing one-on-one coaching, uh, you kind of look in a couple of years into it, Leo, and you say, hey, how effective are we being? Let's mm-hmm. measure this. Let's make sure it's working and found that there was really only about a 10 to 15% success ratio across this one-on-one coaching, which was a total shock because this is how most churches are doing it. Uh, When a church first begins a stewardship ministry, the reason they start is because of the felt need of the congregation. So people are coming down to the altar after service or down for prayer after service, and they're saying, Pastor, I need help with my finances. I'm struggling. My marriage is hurting. Uh, There's people calling the office saying, hey, can you meet with me? And as pastors, our heart is to jump in and meet with people. And so, so Leo, you built this incredible one-on-one coaching ministry to meet with people and found out that that model was not being consistently successful for a couple different reasons. Uh, One, the people in the moment that they need help reach out but then they don't feel that continued pain. And as soon as the pain goes away, their foot comes off the gas. Yep. And so although the volunteer is ready, the volunteer is like, hey, I'll meet you at the local coffee shop. I'll, you know, we can meet at the church. Let's go through some one-on-one coaching. The person may show up the first time, yeah, <laughs> but they may not show up the second time or they may show up the second time, but not do any of the homework. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so the coaches start to get burned out and they're a little frustrated because they're pouring in more than the people are ready to pour in for themselves. Right. And, and so uh, we did have some good successes. There were people's lives who were transformed, but a 15% success ratio was not what the ministry was looking for. No. And the first thing you did is start to build kind of a uh, gather top leaders from the ministry, uh, figure out what's going on, how can we create something that's going to serve people better. And as he was doing that research, putting things together with those leaders, he talked to leaders around the country in Christian Stewardship Network. Mm-hmm. And uh, connected with several different pastors. One of them was Dave Briggs, who's been doing this eight-week group coaching model. Yep. And Leo said, teach me about that. Because David experienced the same problem with one-on-one coaching. Uh, Leo reached out to other organizations that were parachurch ministries saying, hey, how's your one-on-one coaching going? Mm-hmm. They were struggling with the same thing. So he learns this group coaching model, uh, which honestly, some of the leaders were already starting to suggest something like that and build something like that. But now... Leo had something on the shelf from another stewardship pastor, Dave yeah. Briggs, that we could just plug in. And so, Leo, you brought it back to the church, uh, began to run it side by side with Financial Peace University. Right. So so this is actually an interesting piece. We were crown-centric. We actually became one of the, the biggest crown churches in the country, running yeah. the most crown small groups, running the most crown content. And then one year we saw how effective Dave Ramsey stuff was being. And so we just started running FPU for a season mm-hmm. because we wanted to serve people the best with the right. best tool in that season. So no, no one program is one size fits all and going to fit for every season. And so Leo, you're building this incredible group coaching model uh, where, where people are put two coaches at a table with six participants and there's teaching from the front for 10 or 15 minutes but then you do it at the table for 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so you walk them through um, you know, what it, what it means just to be in a stewardship program. Let's do a little test drive. Let me share some of the heart behind this class. And you go into uh, the fact that God owns everything and a lot of biblical basics and then debt reduction and building a budget. And so this program ended up over time becoming our most successful program. We had 60, 70, 80% success rates mm-hmm. with people finishing the program. Now, because they had the two coaches there 
at their table with them. They were learning from the front from a high capacity teacher, but then they were getting to do it at the table and build relationship, get to know other people in the church. It created community. Small groups broke out of this. Um, you know, relationships were formed where people would continue to do ongoing coaching. And so we just had so much word of mouth, so many testimonies that over time, slowly, we stopped doing Financial Peace University because we had less and less people coming to that. And we had more and more asking for and wanting to do Financial Hope that we put Financial Hope into more classrooms. So I'm giving kind of a, a broad overview. Uh, I want to also give you a, a little bit of everything that we do in the stewardship ministry. But that was some of the pieces. Crown, FPU, Financial Hope Workshop, one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so I came in in 2009 and went through every one of these programs that I could get my hands on. And it was right about that time, probably two years into that, so 2011-ish, that, Leo, you, you had been running Financial Hope for quite some time. It was really successful. Um, but you were also looking to raise up leaders that could teach it and run it. And, Leo, you allowed me the opportunity to teach and lead the class that you had helped really expand massively at Gateway. And you allowed me to run that program as a volunteer just a couple of years in. Mm -hmm. So I just want you to hear this. If you're a stewardship leader, you empowering a volunteer to run a major program, it was super honoring for me, Leo. I was so grateful. Uh, I, I felt like I want to do an excellent job. You know, I want to come in prepared. I want to come in and lead well, teach well. And so, so as you're leading people, realize that when you, when you entrust them with an opportunity to run a program or teach a class, you're empowering them to grow. And that's one of the things that Leo did so well is he allowed the volunteers, myself being one for quite some time, to grow and learn, but then also empowered them to lead. He didn't have to do every class. He didn't have to run every small group. And so that was around 2011, continued to do every class, eventually came on staff. And when I came on staff, Leo, we were at that place where we had six campuses all in the same Metroplex, so all within maybe a half hour drive of each other, or, mm -hmm. you know, or at least from the central point, which was our South Lake campus. And uh, we were trying to figure out multi-site ministry. Yeah. How do we <laughs> take that's, this that's DNA? That's not an easy thing to do. It is not. How do we take this DNA of stewardship ministry and make sure it's in every campus? Because when you would launch a, a campus pastor to go out to a campus and run classes, they may have only one classroom in that entire campus. Mm -hmm. Some campuses had eight classrooms. Right. Some campuses had four. So we now have to begin to think, what does it look like to see stewardship grow? And our first model that we did is we took our stewardship team and began to break up, okay, hey, you take two campuses, you take two campuses, you take two campuses. And I would drive out to our Frisco campus and our South Lake campus and I would manage the stewardship ministry there and build up stewardship volunteers and teach stewardship classes until new volunteers were available. And I did a lot of hands-on ministry, went to all the staff meetings at each campus, built relationship with all the staff. And it was awesome. It was a fun, fun season. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you did that, Leo, with a couple of campuses, some other pastors on our staff did that with other campuses. Mm -hmm. and, and that was great. That worked really well for a while to have somebody kind of from a central hub going out and managing stewardship on each campus. Yeah, I remember the meetings that we had as a team trying to figure out how we would expand our efforts to reach these extension campuses with the message of stewardship. And that was our motivation. We wanted to reach every person. And for a while, it seemed like it was working really well. But... But after a while, we began to grow. And... Uh, we recently added a Jackson Hole campus, uh, which in in Wyoming, which is 
over it's hard to drive and make yeah. a class there in the <clears throat> evening <laughs> yes yeah. and so so now we have something out of state and we're continuing to grow our campuses locally and interstate campuses and so we know the vision from the Lord to our senior leader is large. Mm-hmm. And so we have to figure out what is a model long-term that's going to grow. And so, so that's where we are today. I want to I wanna pause for a second here and, and fill in the gaps of some of the things that we did when we were in that season of ministry. Because if you're in the season of ministry where you have one campus to five campuses, I feel like you'll be able to see some of the things that we were doing, and there might be something that sparks like, oh, we could do that. That would be a good fit. And so I'm going to come back to where we are today, but I want to take a minute and just look at what the ministry looked like when it was a giant stewardship ministry that was from Central going out to all the campuses. Yep. So the first thing that as you're managing a stewardship department, I really think it's valuable that you have a vision statement. Right. And and we have a vision statement for the church, but at this time we had a large stewardship department and we need a vision statement to rally our volunteers to make sure our staff was on the same page. And so we le- we narrowed it down to this. It's that we're all about people developing an intimate relationship with God by stewarding their time, talents, and treasure. Okay, now that's that's like less, it's one sentence, you mm-hmm. know. It can be easily memorized by your volunteers. And here's the heart of it. We're all about people. So first and foremost, our goal is to serve people. And we're about people developing an intimate relationship with God. Now, I believe that the essence of stewardship is relationship with God. Exactly. Because if we're going to manage what belongs to somebody else, we have to have a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that to come across, we wanted that to come across to every single volunteer. The goal here is to help people build a relationship with God. The, the vision of the stewardship ministry is not the get out of debt ministry. It's not the build a budget ministry. Mm-hmm. It's not the invest and financial independence retire early ministry. <laughs> <laughs> this ministry is about relationship with God. And so we're pointing people back to the word we're pointing people back to spend time with the Lord as they're learning to manage. And I just think that's, I think that was a vital piece of what we did. So as the ministry was growing, one of the things that we did was create a ministry overview packet that when we brought new volunteers on, we could show them an overview of everything that we were doing. And so we had a list of all the staff. And so we'd have a picture of Leo, we'd have a picture of me, our other pastors on the team, our administrators on the team. And it would highlight what each person was kind of centrally managing. And then it would share the vision statement. It would share uh, who we look to serve. And Leo, we've talked about this a lot at CSN. We want to serve people who are struggling, stable, Mm-hmm. solid and surplus. We don't want to leave everybody. anyone out. Right. Yep. We yep. want to serve every single person because this is God's word and we want to create disciples that dig into God's word. So uh, we would list that out. Hey, we want, we don't want to just help people that are struggling. We also want to serve people in the surplus and everything in between. Yep. Uh, we listed out how we change culture and we taught this to our volunteers, the way that we build the culture at the church. And this is a, another great CSN thing is we, our senior pastor preaches it but our department teaches people how to do it. And then we celebrate those things with weekend video announcements and uh, testimonies, and then we apply it as a church. So we would put that into the packet. How do we develop a culture of stewardship? This is how we do that. And then we listed out all the programs. And so I just want to share some of the programs that we're doing. We're running this financial hope workshop, and it was a seven-week workshop where there are two coaches at round tables of eight. So you had six participants 
And again, people are learning from the front and doing it. This was our primary resource when somebody's on this journey to really help them build a budget, get out of debt, begin to have a heart shift. But one of the things that we love to do before somebody would even go to Financial Hope was to take them through a program that we called the Heart of a Steward. And the Heart of a Steward was a three-week class or a three-hour class. You could do it in any different format. But it would really focus in on the theology of what it means to be a good steward so that you would catch the heart behind this ministry. Because the heart is not to build bigger barns and, and have more resources and to have the perfect budget. The heart is to recognize that God owns everything I am entrusted with. I get to manage his resources. I get to rule with him on this earth and he allows me to steward his things and so I'm going to put him first. And we talked about putting God first. We talked about uh, what it means to live a Christian lifestyle. We talked about contentment. We talked about breaking the spirit of mammon. So one of the things that I recommend to any stewardship ministry is get a, get a short kind of theology class. It's not like boring theology, but it's the motivation. Share stories and help shift somebody's mindset away from stewardship being finances only. Yeah. You're, you're really talking about building a foundation because... When people come to stewardship, when they begin to have these interactions with, gosh, the Word of God actually says something about money, which most of us are surprised about when we first uh, encounter that information, when we're finally, I don't know, something happens, I believe, where you have this spirit of mammon. I mean, you said it, that you grew up in the church, and I did the same thing. And I actually made this statement many years ago that I didn't hear an actual preaching, an actual good, clear, biblical, theologically sound message on giving until I was 37 years old. I was 37 years old the first wow. time I heard that, and it was at Gateway Church. Yeah. Prior to that, I, mean, I grew up in the church, so there was always talk about giving, but it was never connected to this is who you are. It was always a, well, we need the money and we're a church, and that's how we operate. And it, yeah, yeah, I'm a logical person. That made sense to me. But I never really understood it up until when it was really, really taught to me. Right. So I think it's so important what you're sharing right here because it really talks about the fact that when you build a biblical foundation, and I think this is one of the benefits that Gateway had. We build a biblical foundation mm -hmm. in our early volunteers by having them go through a biblical small group study right. that was very focused on the Word. I mean, I would say Crown was like 90% uh, biblical yeah. and 10% practical. Yeah. And most of that practical was like, here's a book. Go do what you got to do. Whereas most of it was just this discussion, but it was a deep, very deep, meaningful discussion because it helped build that biblical foundation. And so that's the thing that I think that's important that you just said, David, is that when you're building your ministry, you cannot, yes, people are in debt. Right. Yes, people need counseling. Yes, there's a lot of things that you need to do. But rather than jumping in and trying to fix problems, why don't you start by building a foundation of what is really going to help people? And that's a biblical theology of stewardship. Whether you do that through a class, whether you do that from the pulpit, there's got to be a way that that's consistently communicated. Right. And it's I think something that happened at Gateway is that culture began even before the stewardship ministry began. True. Because it was part of Pastor Robert's DNA that stewardship and generosity is what this church is going to be known mm -hmm, for. Mm -hmm. And even one of our values is stewardship. Right. And the way they manage the finances was was obviously communicating is that application. So great history, yeah. uh, a lot of changes, a lot of ministry, a lot of people being helped. 
where are we today in stewardship yeah. at Gateway? Yeah. What does it look like today with 10 campuses versus right. uh, three to four to mm-hmm. five campuses that two or three pastors are just running from one to the other trying to do the ministry? Yeah, and, and it's the 10 campuses with a vision to continue growing. And so it's going to have to shift the ministry model. And one of the things that we had to do was figure out exactly what our core values are. What are the the things that we say, this is the culture that we want at Gateway. Mm-hmm. And let's create a discipleship model that as somebody gets involved at Gateway, we take them through the process of going into each one of these core values. Mm. And then if they want to go deeper, we've got classes and programs that allow them to go deeper. But we want to make sure that every member goes through these. And it might take some time. Um, let, me, let me give you an example. We start with what we call our growth path, which is a four-week series that introduces people to the church. It shows how God has called them to personally grow on this journey. It takes them through uh, hearing from God, baptism in the Holy Spirit, what it means to look like to, to serve on a campus, and then to get plugged in and join what we call our build team. Well, if somebody goes through that, We then take them into a healthy foundation class and a freedom class and a stewardship class. Mm. Now, I'm going to camp here because one of the things that we're doing is at the very beginning of somebody's journey, we're giving them, we're pointing them towards a four-week series on stewardship. Mm. So we want the entire church. Now, it might take a a, a few months because you got to do each one of these programs, but we want to take the entire church through a stewardship DNA class yeah. where we're beginning to cast vision and set the culture and say, hey, God owns everything. We're managers. What does it look like to put him first in our lives? What does it look like to have a personal relationship with him? How do we create a practical plan? And so it really is that motivation that you were just talking about, Leo. Let's start with the theology and the motivation and make sure that the entire church is getting this. And so one of the things that we've done in the past couple of years, and we're still evolving and growing into, is making every piece of content available for live classes, where we have high quality PowerPoints, we've got great teaching notes, we've got good handouts, but then we also have videos. Mm. And when you do a live class, you could watch the video as a volunteer teacher, and you could learn how to teach it, and then you can teach it live. Or even in a live class, you could play clips from the videos, Sure, right? They do that at some of our campuses. Uh, So it fits in live discipleship classes, but the videos then could be also played in small groups. Mm. And so we want to make sure every piece of content can be done live or it could be done in small groups. Again, with high quality videos, good handouts that every small group leader can use to guide a conversation. And then it's also available online because we have these videos. So we're building out, we built out two YouTube channels. One is just Gateway Stewardship. If you go to YouTube and type in Gateway Stewardship, you'll see probably around 100 videos Mm. uh, related to stewardship ministry. And you'll hear some of our senior pastor's testimony. You'll see our practical tools and resources. Leo, there's incredible videos of you like screenshot for screenshot, walking somebody through how to build a budget using our free tool that they can download off of our website. So this YouTube channel for stewardship has been extremely effective in helping people from every campus easily access all the tools to run the programs and to implement the ministry. Uh, We started with 2000 views the first year that was in 2016. We got, um, trying to think of the numbers, 20,000 views, I want to say the second year, uh, which is incredible, like 10 times basically. Yeah. And then it skyrocketed in 2018 to over a hundred thousand views. 
And again, we're going to hit over 100,000 views this year. And if you think about that, maybe only 10% of those people uh, watch the whole video, right? Yeah. That, that's okay. But if you have 100,000 views, that's 10,000 people that have been impacted by your stewardship ministry that might not have been otherwise. Yeah. And so uh, we're looking at, I, I don't remember the exact number, but we have over a million watch minutes. Over a million minutes have been watched of wow. our stewardship content. Wow. That's crazy to me. Mm. So we're leveraging this great content, these great resources, and putting it online where other people can access it. So we did that with Gateway Stewardship, that being the YouTube channel there. Now we're building out Gateway Discipleship Resources. That's another YouTube channel, Gateway Discipleship Resources. And we're going to put in our blessed stewardship content there. That's that first four-week series. Right. And we're going to be pointing all of our small groups. If you're in a small group at Gateway, at some point you will have done Blessed Stewardship. Every campus will run Blessed Stewardship on repeat every year. It'll be in the spring, in the fall, a couple times throughout the year, because this is one of our DNA elements. And so yeah. what we're trying to do is build this culture that constantly points people. Now, and that's not only stewardship. We also have a culture of freedom. We also have a culture of health. You know, we've got we've got several pieces but making sure that this is a part of the overall flow of the church, yeah. it's not just a one-off program. Yeah, it's an intentionality that you guys have put into developing content that everyone will be somewhat, I won't say required, but certainly made very aware that this is the path they should take if they're going to be part of Gateway. Yeah, And I love that because it solves the problem that multi-campus find it very difficult to solve, which mm -hmm. is how do you do ministry? A friend of ours, both of us know who this person is, was at a church that had eight campuses. Yeah. And she was literally traveling from one campus to another every single night of the week to teach a budgeting class. Right. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> and and it's fun, but it's exhausting. Yeah. I mean, how much are you sacrificing every night of the week you're going to minister to people? Well, somebody's at home that gets to miss you. And right. I know as a pastor, that was hard. We were teaching classes at least one night a week and many times on the weekends. And it just it gets to be too much. And yes, you can pass that on to some volunteers, but ultimately as a leader, you have to be involved. What you guys have done is you've really set it up so that Gateway can now can grow really to any number of campuses, yeah. any place in the world. And that content is, and we know Gateway does things with excellence, mm -hmm. so it's going to be done well. It's going to be clear. It's going to be professionally done, so to speak. And, and because of that, many people that are part of Gateway We'll go through that, right. but even beyond that, because right. anybody else that wants it, it's there for the taking. It's free, it's available, and it's awesome content. So I, I just love the way you guys have developed the ministry since I've, you know, because I left, you know, three years ago almost. Right. And when I left, we were still trying to figure out the multi-campus thing. Mm -hmm. We were moving toward the direction you guys went, but it was difficult because we're all serving multiple campuses at the same time. And the thought was, well, do we put a stewardship pastor on every campus? Well, practically speaking, that's really hard to do. Yeah, very I mean, expensive. It's because very expensive. It, so if you have stewardship, but then you also have an evangelism pastor yeah. and a freedom pastor yeah, and a prayer pastor and a it. prophetic pastor, I mean, you begin to add in all those pieces. It's like, wow, we need a pastor that can, instead of doing the work of the ministry, mm -hmm. can have the tools and resources yep. 
and then they can raise up leaders, volunteers. Right. Volunteers that are passionate about doing it. Right. So our role as pastors is to equip the saints mm. for the work of the ministry. Right. And so what my what my department is doing now, this life flow content team, is we're making sure these packages have the great PowerPoints, great teaching notes, great handouts, and great videos. And I'm saying they're great. You know, time will tell. You may watch them later. I'm like, oh, okay, David, they're they're I've watched them. They're great. <laughs> but but you know, we have these 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 great tools that we give to the campus pastors and the associate campus pastors and the people on the ground in our equip and groups and care departments. And we say, okay, now you raise up leaders. So this is a big thing. And, and this is a little away from stewardship, but just when you're looking at a, a church that is growing and is at our size, we really have a central team. And that's the team that I'm on. That's responsible for content communication and consistency across campuses because yeah. we want the same heartbeat at every campus we yeah. don't want it to be 10 independent churches that kind of have the same name no we want the same look feel we want people to feel like they're at home no matter which campus they go to right so the the, the central team is building the content the consistency and the communication but on the campus they're building up a core of volunteers they're creating community and they're caring for people and so that's how we've laid it out. I know a lot of different churches have great models. This is our model. It's the three C's for Central and the three C's for the campuses. And if we can create this great content and then we can train the campus leaders on how to run it, they raise up volunteers to actually implement it. And now you've got small groups all across the church that are speaking the same language because every small group has now gone through the Healthy Foundations class, the mm -hmm. True Freedom class, and the Blessed Stewardship class. And this is something that we did is we created a, a carrot on the back end of it. Whereas if you go through all of these, this first set of series of four classes, you receive a gateway leather bound Bible mm. and gateway has a, a, what we call our fresh start Bible. And we give people a high quality leather bound one and we emboss their name in the corner. And so what they're doing now is they're carrying their Bible around the church Instead of, no, I'm, I'm happy with people that use the Bible on their phone. I do as well. But I still love to carry a physical Bible to church. Mm. And when it's got your name on it, it's kind of a sign that you have been through the series of classes. Yep. And we've even begun to create all of these classes using the same translation of the Bible that we give to every one of these people who finish the program. Mm. So now as you're in a class and it says, you know, turn in your Bible to this passage, it will be the exact same scripture on the PowerPoint that they're reading from their Fresh Start Bible. Yeah, it's it, good. It's just little things to, to create this culture of health across the, the organization. Well, who doesn't like rewards? I mean, and honestly, if you think about, if you go to college, if you go to any kind of school or training and you receive a certificate or you receive a diploma, it gives you that sense of accomplishment, right? So I love that you guys incorporated that because, I mean, if, if you just tell people you should do this, right. where's the motivation? Right. And no, it's, they don't, I'm sure they don't do it just to get the Bible, but it is something that identifies them as someone who has taken the DNA of Gateway yeah. and, and has you know, immersed themselves in that and now you know, okay, these are people that, and I'm sure you guys use it as a way to even qualify. Like, are, are people really invested? Are they ready for a position of leadership? Right. I right. know we've always done that. We've always had some kind of criteria. Every church should have some criteria for volunteers. You don't just take somebody with a pulse. Hmm. But, but this really intentionally develops them even before they say, hey, I think I'd like to volunteer, which is genius. I think it's a great, great way to do it, to motivate it through some kind of reward system. 
All right. So outside of the th the classes you just mentioned, especially yeah. the four week series of uh, of stewardship classes, what else are you guys implementing? Because you know we we know that it, one program is not going to solve it. So what else are you guys doing in order to equip the saints for the work of ministry, but also in just equipping people on this area of stewardship? What are you guys doing with that? Yeah. Well, uh, that's awesome, Leo. Thanks for asking. We. Uh, have actually built out a resource library for all of our campuses where they can easily access all the tools and resources to implement stewardship ministry. So yeah. if anybody listening wants to go see some of these tools and resources and access them for free, it's called the Gateway Network. So you just go to gatewaynetwork.com and then click on resources. And I'm sure we'll put a link in the episode. Yeah. Uh, but under the Blessed Culture tab, there's a tab that talks about the culture of the church. When you click on stewardship, every campus and every every church now has access to this they can download and this is a free resource this is a free resource that's you have awesome. to create a little login but that's just so you can yeah. log in and have access to these tools uh but it has there's 50 plus videos on there now mm. that will talk through how to begin your stewardship ministry like where to begin and then go into certain programs like the financial hope workshop uh, that go into the heart of a steward, that go into the 10 financial commandments, our estate planning, which has been a huge, extremely helpful program that we've run through financial planning ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll go into our car donation ministry, our financial fitness program, which is our monthly coaching program. So, and it also has all of the, the budget tools, the debt reduction tools. So we actually have a three-part budget plan that you can build on your own for free online, and it's easily accessible on our website, uh, on the gatewaypeople.com website. But right. just go to gatewaynetwork.com and then go to stewardship under the resource library, and you can download all of these for free. And I'm saying that just because there is a bunch of great tools that we would we would love to give you as a pastor and leader feel free to edit them, feel free to tweak them and make them fit for your people in your church, for your context. But, but you should have a website on the church homepage that says, you know, financial stewardship or stewardship ministry and plugs people into a budget tool, a debt reduction tool, some guides to how to deal with creditors, all sorts of different pieces. And that's all there for free. Uh, the Gateway Stewardship um, YouTube channel is somewhere that we're sending our pastors and leaders to absorb and be able to run these programs. So that's the goal is to have something online that is easily accessible by every campus to then run the play. Like we'll create the content, now you step in and run the play on the campus. Mm, that's awesome. So what's, uh, what's ahead for Gateway Stewardship? I know you guys are continuing to evolve as this ministry and this new model is rolling out. What do you see the ministry five, ten years from now? Yeah. And what are even some of the challenges maybe with what you guys are facing right now? What's the biggest challenge with rolling this out to a 10 campus church? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the biggest challenge is, is change. Mm. And this is a different model than we had before. Before we had one person or you know, I would go out and visit multiple campuses yeah, and manage yeah. it from Central. Now I'm training and equipping the leaders on the campuses to raise people up. So so A, one of the challenges is to have great tools that are easy to implement and B, just overcoming the hurdles of, of a new thing. Like at Gateway Church, we've grown over the past 20 years from you know somebody's living room to over 40,000 people that are connecting on a weekend across 10 campuses. Uh, it's a little overwhelming because change happens consistently. So we don't know exactly what's next. But what we do know is that we've got a good model that we're going to implement this and make it easy for people to get the tools. I think the next thing for us is that we're going to, we've got this baseline called blessed stewardship. That's the first four weeks class from there. We're going to create kind of a, 
okay, if you want to go deeper, step into the Financial Hope Workshop and begin to build out your budget and do your debt snowball, look to save long term. We're going to have to build out a path for people that want to go deeper on this journey and continue to make it easy for them to find in the midst of a large number of things still happening at the church. So we're creating this track that people can go down and we need little off ramps that allow people to go deeper into a topic. If, and I, you can use freedom ministry example. If somebody uh, goes to our basic freedom class, well, they may need to go deeper to deal with shame or to deal with fear or to deal with insecurity or generational iniquities. Well, we want to do that with stewardship. You go through the basic intro theology motivation class, but now you got to build a budget. Now you got to look at your investments long-term. Now you want to understand estate planning. Now you want to potentially be more generous. Well, we want to have a track that allows somebody to explore the gift of generosity that God's put on their heart. And we have those tools and programs, but what we want to do is make sure that it's a seamless flow when they're on this journey. And it's going to be fun to build that out over the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Well, they definitely have the right guy at the helm. I'm uh, very excited about what you guys are doing. And I know no matter what your title says, you're still a stewardship pastor in my eyes, and you will continue to be that. Um, and grateful for you Thanks, and for Leo. your involvement here at CSN. Well, I want to thank you for joining us for the Stewardship Leader Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, and if you are a stewardship leader, we'd love for you to connect with us at CSN. You can go to christianstewardshipnetwork.com and join us there. Contact us. Uh, let us know how we can help you to grow in this role that God has brought you to, just as he did with me and David. We'd love to have you as part of this network. We'd love for you to be equipped, encouraged, and to be connected with other stewardship leaders. That's what CSN is about. Until next time, remember, God has called you to be the best steward you can be. So be that faithful steward, but go further. Teach others to do the same.